hey, look over there. Oh, goodness, what's that? It looks like some sleeping trainer punk. Oh, I think you might be right, Meowth. Goodness. This is our chance to steal some Pokemon, finally. Oh, it's been far too long. Let's do it. Hey, what's that Pikachu doing? I I don't know. I didn't even know Pikachu could learn Hypnotize. Looks like they've managed to put their trainer to Pokemon sleep. That Pikachu is literally just emptying that guy's pockets, huh? Wow, I feel kind of bad for him. Yeah, that's... I don't think I've ever watched a robbery from the outside before. I'm not sure how I feel about this. It's brutal! Maybe we should rethink our lives or something. Nah. Okay, let's rob the rest of his stuff. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. Jane Harris Magnetdale, and welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. This is a podcast for two queer trans women. That's us. That's us. We're married types. We did. We we talk about things that we've done, we've consumed media-wise in the week. And nom nom we nom, do, tasty media. We do little skits and silly voices. Yeah. Just try and have a bit of a catch-up and a we giggle. Mm, there, you... there is the catch-up. It's not there on the table. Oh, oh, sorry. I said catch-up and oh. catch-up. I did the thing. I was like, there's a, there's a joke here. Uh, the buffer backwards. What did I say? Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Dum, 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 dum. How are you doing? Oh, and uh, I've I didn't sleep well last night, and that may lead to just an air of silitude. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I I had the opposite on Dice Funk recording last mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. where because Dice Funk recorded an hour earlier than usual because of time zone differences, <gasps> you had the energy, like, the power, energy. <laughs> I was like, it's it's not even midnight yet. I'm unstoppable. Is it <laughs> is it just one week or two weeks that you get of being ahead? Uh, it's two weeks, but the second one, we're not even recording Dice Funk oh, for that no. week, so like... I'm going to get to use your full power. I, I will get to have some sleep, which is even more powerful. Wow! Uh, what are you, what are you played this week? What have I played? Well, I've not played a lot, to be honest. I've, but, I've not but, played a lot new this week. <laughs> yeah, well, again, same. Uh, what did I play? I think, I, well, I played some more Fatal Frame. Tell me how that's going. Mm. Well... I have now played like four hours, I think, of this. Yeah. That doesn't include the time that I played quite a lot and I was like, oh yeah, autosaves seem to be happening quite regularly. (laughs) I won't bother saving every time I walk past the lamps. No, should have just kept saving because the one time I I paused briefly, I died and had to go back nearly an hour, so... Ouch. But at least that time, like, I knew exactly what I was looking for and where to go and, and all of that and I managed to catch those... You know the ghosts where it's like they they just quickly appear and you've got like a second to whip your camera out and snap them? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I managed to catch all of those the second time around where I think I'd missed one previously. So that was a thing. Plot-wise, it is is very slow. Yeah. Also, plot-wise, it is confusing from a point of view of... I hadn't had... I think partly because I was playing it Two different weeks because yeah. I've been playing it on stream. I've only been playing it on stream. There's been the whole not really knowing the characters well enough, and then a chapter change happened, and I was playing a different character, and I hadn't realised for like nearly forty minutes. Oh! And then at the end of the stream, we had a thing where like it's like, oh cool, we got to the end of a chapter, and now I'm playing someone completely different entirely, and I suspect I now have to use the spirit stone flashlight or whatever the fuck it's called that i didn't really like very much in the last one 
Ah. Um, so we we I guess we're gonna see what happens. Um, very curious about where this game is going. But the other thing I've noticed is like I'm so far. It feels like I'm decently far into this game. Like I'm three chapters in, plus whatever the prologue was, and I'm really struggling to like like we've been to the same. Like, I've wandered around the same building several times. Yeah. It does look like the new chapter is going to be set somewhere else. It, For a start, I'm outside. Ooh. Ooh. The the vibe I'm getting from the outside here is, like, does it feel like maybe there's a reason why this one took so long to get localized? <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I I don't know whether it's a case of people uh, calling for it or if... Uh, the just Koei Tecmo decided not to for whatever reason. I don't really know how they decide yeah. what gets translated and what doesn't, but yeah, like I remember playing Torment, which was three, which was a nightmare to get hold of. Yeah, and the longer it went on, the harder it was to get hold of. Oh yeah, to the point where I think I was on my like my third PS2 by the time I actually <laughs> got a copy, and it had had its supremely expensive and then fall back down. I managed yes. to get like a sealed copy for like sixty quid, new inbox. That's not bad for a, for one of those kind of games. Yeah, it was like probably probably a decade or more after it came out, so mm. wasn't the worst thing in the world. But yeah, this one this one has been quite slow so far. Um, yeah. and and the running doesn't help. And then anytime you like fuck up and have to go back on things, that like that the the slowness of movement really doesn't help again. I, I mean, I guess it's supposed to add to the tension that, like, you can't just run fast away from these things. Sometimes it feels like it would have been better with motion controls. Yeah. But then I think this is a problem that Fatal Frame has had, like, since the beginning of... Every now and then again, then they'll want to put in, like, an extra hard enemy. And they'll do that by either making them really, really short. Like yeah. uh, the children, the little kids that run and attack yes. you in the doll room from um, Crimson Butterfly. And in this one, it's, uh, or, or in, a, in a few of them, it's been someone whose just head sort of lolls about a bit, or their whole, yeah. like, whole upper body sort of flops side to side. Yeah. So it can be really difficult, like, keeping them in yeah. focus of the camera. Because this thing, like, as almost within second, like, within a second of them moving out of the the like uh, viewfinder like yeah. the the perfect range for that it's like no i've lost all of the power i charged up so you, you can be at full power and then it's like nah sorry that's that's all gone yes you didn't perfectly track in one of those inflatable arm flailing two yeah. people and now we've punished you for that also it like it hasn't given you any um confirmation about how things are going to work so, like, you're picking up these red spiritual stones and these blue spiritual stones, as opposed to just the blue spiritual stones and gathering points, which you used to use for upgrading, like, your camera and your lenses and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, well, I've got three characters, and I've, sometimes it feels like I am picking up the same, like, lenses and stuff for the mm. camera, or attachments for the camera, but are they the same, first of all? Are we sharing power-ups? Or okay. am I going to be playing a third of the game with somebody who's got a powered up version of, say, Blast, and somebody, and then the other two are going to, you know, potentially find the same, uh, same lenses, but not have those power ups? Yeah. Because it seems like the, the spiritual stones are shared, but it's not sort of said for certain whether or not 
the power-ups are going to be shared. So it's like, I don't know, and I'm unsure when to when and how to spend my money. Right now, I'm mostly spending it on medicinal herbs, because I'm just very bad at this game. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what about you? What have you been doing? Uh, well, I've been doing a bunch of, like, wrap-up work on shiny hunting, uh, trying to trying to get a good sense of, like, where I'm at with various shiny mm-hmm, hunting mm-hmm. stuff. So, I have finished shiny hunting in Scarlet and Violet for now. Right. Um, I've managed to get the two most difficult shinies in that game, the last two I wanted to cross off my list. Right. I have the shiny family of three mouse hold. Mm-hmm. And two, sh- didn't you? Uh, I got two of them in the yeah. end. Yeah. Uh, and I got the shiny three-segment to Dunsparce. Uh, so for anyone who's unsure, like the, the reason why both of these are so uh, rare is that regular shiny one in 4,000 odds uh, of, of getting a shiny. But for both of these, like you can't find their like rare variant evolution in the wild. You can only get them by catching a shiny of like the base form and then evolving it and there's a one in a hundred chance it will evolve into the rare variant, either a family of three mice rather than a family of four, or like three lumps rather than two in the body of the Dunsparce. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I evolved something like 70 or so ta- uh, tandem mouses, mm-hmm. uh, and ended up with two uh, family of three mouse holds. And to get one shiny to Dunsparce, I think I evolved 111 shiny Dunsparces. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's like 180 shinies just to, just to get those two shinies. Yeah. Um, that's been like a little bit of a quest that's been going for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that led to me going, cool, uh, while we wait for P- uh, Pokemon Home connectivity to properly come to Scarlet and Violet, yeah. uh, it's time to stop and sit down and take a proper inventory of what shinies I so far have through the other games mm-hmm. and properly organize my Pokemon home collection so that all of the Pokemon are in the right boxes and are properly sorted and work out what things I'm missing uh, which has also led to me like working out what some of the games I need to go back to and some of the things I need to like sort out before I miss a chance to do so mm-hmm. uh, and I'll, we'll t- I'll talk about this a bit more when we get to the watch segment but the short version is the 3DS eShop is closing down. Um, I Ugh. think it's like six days away from when we're recording this. And uh, among other things, that is going to limit access to the 3DS Virtual Console versions of some of the old Pokemon games. Right. Uh, which is the only way to, at this moment, get certain versions of certain Pokemon transferable forward to the Switch versions of the games. Right. Uh, the short... The, the the way to explain that is, if you have physical cartridge copies of old Pokemon games, you can transfer Pokemon from Generation 3, so uh, Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, mm-hmm. uh, all the way up to the modern games, if you have, like, enough the correct kinds of link cables and the handhelds, like, okay, you can go Game Boy Advance to to DS and then DS to 3DS and then 3DS up to Switch. Right. But Gens 1 and 2, there was never an official way to transfer from gold and silver and crystal, etc. No. But we did watch a documentary into, about someone who was doing it. Indeed, someone who was making a making a device to enable that, but whether they... W- I, need to, I need to check up on that and whether they have gone... It works well enough, I'm happy to sell it as a commercial thing yet. But because that is not a guarantee, mm. the only reliable way to get 
Gen 1 or 2 Pokemon uh, up to the Switch version of the game is to use the 3DS Virtual Console uh, ports of of red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, crystal. Mm -hmm. Um, Which... Like, neither of... None of those are, like, essential for me finishing my journey hunting journey. But if I ever want to do the thing of, like, I want to, like, go properly get one of the origin marks and, like, transfer a red, blue, yellow specific version of a Pokemon forward, or I want to... Like, if I want to go shiny hunting specifically in Gen 2, like, to mess around with some of those mechanics, and I want to be able to do that and have my little... You transferred this forward from Gen 2 mark on my Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss that chance. Yeah. So I've been going through and like making sure I have the virtual console versions of those first couple of gens of Pokemon on 3DS. Mm-hmm. And also making sure I have Pokemon Bank and PokeTransporter downloaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that is good, even once Pokemon, uh, once the 3DS eShop closes down, mm-hmm. as long as you have downloaded pokemon bank before that date uh it will remain usable for the the ongoing future and it used to be a paid service but it will just be entirely free Mm -hmm. uh going forward so i'm like let's double check that that any ds hardware i have in the house has those downloaded onto it ready Mm -hmm. uh and now i'm just going back and like finishing some shiny stuff i'd meant to do in some of the old ds games because i'm like well, while I've got the DSs out and I'm sorting this stuff, I might as well get back to finishing those hunts because there's some stuff in there that I need to, for my continued quest. I've basically just been like trying to work out my where am I at, what do I still need, and what games do I need to do some shiny hunting playthroughs of as my most effective ways to fill in the gaps of the things I'm missing. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Mm. Uh, what about you? What you been playing? Well, I've been playing some solo board game. Yeah, tell me, tell me about your. I'm assuming this is Final Girl. This is Final about. Girl. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 some time ago, I, uh, I picked up uh, Final Girl season two. I got the franchise box, which contains the Final Girl core box, which you need to play any of the feature films. Yep. The cast and crew, which is um, miniatures of all the Final Girls, all of the monsters. Uh, or, or villains, and um, I think there's a few other bits as well. I've got the miniatures, for so there's like a little mini uh, vehicle for each uh, of the feature films, and I've got all of the season two um, movies or, or, or feature film boxes, and I have started playing through. Initially, yeah. I have to say, the box was massively intimidating. It yeah. took me two hours of unpacking all the stuff that arrived and then putting it into its individual boxes because, like, the miniatures box didn't need to be in the main storage box. It just needed to be filtered down into all the individual bits. The cast and crew box has space for all the final girls and the uh, vignette expansion. Also, all the zombies that are in that particular expansion. There's uh, there's a lot of stuff that has to go in various different places. The box of props has six extra dice that need to go in the core box. And a bunch of other extra bits, some upgraded, um, like track various like tracker things. Little, I got a little three D skull on a on a stick, <laughs> and um, it's 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 a lovely box. It looks like it's got like the the game mat sit in a little VHS box, uh, or looks like a VHS player. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Now it is set up. Yes, but it was it was a stressful couple of hours of trying to work out where everything went. 
even with like an explanation and videos online of of how to do so. But I got there in the end, and I've been playing through uh, Into the Void, which is the first feature film from this season. This, this is the one that's basically Alien. This is the one that's basically Alien. Yes. So uh, the first character I had uh, or played through is Ellen. Yeah, funnily def- enough, n- legally distinct Ellen Ripley. Barely, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you've got um, the two final girls you get in that box are Ellen and Jeanette. And according to Board Game Geek, most people reckon that the reason the other final girl is called Jeanette is because that is the name of the actor who played Vasquez oh. in Aliens. Yeah. So you've got, you've got two final girls put per feature film. The uh, villain in this is the Evomorph. Mm. Legally distinct, definitely. And the uh, location, because each feature film has a villain and a location, and you can mix and match as much as you want after that. And the uh, location is the USS Conrad. And um, so basically you take both sides of this box off. They're like magnetically held onto onto the main box, and each side has a little bit with some cards, maybe some tokens, Mm. and then uh, you'll have your uh, area map, some cards telling you how to set up, what the um, special setup rules are for that particular thing, Uh, the uh, bonus features box that came with my copy of this includes a full version of the rules all condensed down into one book, rather than being individual little pamphlets. Always appreciate it. Uh, yeah, really appreciate that. And so you can go, I'm going to have the Eva Moth in, in this location, and then you pick your final girl. It can be anyone, so if you've got any of the other feature films, you can uh, put any of those in. And so, uh, yeah, this one is interesting. So you start off with like a little face-huggery thing yeah. that's scuttling around, <laughs> and it's very, very slow, but it is monumentally deadly. Yes, I mean that 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 that's generally the vibe. Is like, hey, if one of them gets to you, you're kind of fucked. Yep. In, in many ways, it is or uh, playing against the Evo Morph. Best to just leave one victim in the area <laughs> so that they will get eaten, and then the face will just disappear. I mean, I mean that that is a tactically advantageous uh, sacrifice. Tactically, it makes sense, but it's 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 uh, morally questionable. But um, so basically, you've got all these little yellow, vic- little uh, yellow victim tokens that are standing around. You'll be told sort of where to put them based on the setup card and how many to put in each area. Yeah. Uh, the USS Conrad has like four special maintenance cards or three special maintenance cards with four locations on them, and that is uh, the hangar bay airlock. So you can basically find uh, by searching through these various decks. Uh, using a search card and a successful roll, you can potentially find key cards. The key cards yeah. will, you can either put them on uh, maintenance shafts to find like quick ways around the ship, or you can put them on these maintenance cards and have things like the furnace activates, mm-hmm. or the trash compactor activates, or you, on the next turn, everything is going to get flushed out of the airlock. These all sound very advantageous. Or the ship is going to sp- uh, self-destruct. <laughs> so there, there is like a bunch of thematic things that you can do yeah. based on how many of these key cards you've got. And the um, condensed rule book has like achievements you can do. Mm. So it's like, try and do this mission and get 
uh, like rescue over half of the victims. Yeah. And the uh, the one for the USS Conrad has things like flush the enemy, uh, flush the uh, the uh, the killer out of the airlock, um, mm. escape with uh, was it Jonas the cat and the <laughs> little orphan girl. Um, so you, you can you can probably I, I don't I, know what I that might be a reference to. Guesses. Uh, so yeah, you if you try and rescue both of them, but that does mean desperately trying to find Jonas the cat and. I don't even know where Jonas the Cat is, if it's an item card or a <laughs> uh, event card or one of the terror cards. It's quite a lot of setting up the first time, and yeah. it doesn't help that you've got the main rulebook for teaching you how to play the series as a whole. Yes. And then you've got a rulebook for how to play that enemy and how to play that location. Yeah. And there's no generic blank version of the game you can play to get your head around the base rules before you do the... There sort of is. Yeah? Yes. So, had I had season one, right. Camp Happy Trails, which is based on Friday the first Friday the 13th, is basically the the most bland okay. basic setup. Um, and you've got like this uh, killer with like a pig mask on who's wandering around the camp killing all the camp counsellors. Okay. And uh, this is basically from Friday yeah. the 13th. Thir- I have never seen the first Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. But I mean, you've summarised it pretty well. I, that, that's what I understand. Person from... walks around in the woods going, I'm going to find you teens. Except the first, wasn't the first one, it wasn't Jason Voorhees, it was someone with a, like, a, a bag on their head. Uh, spoilers for like a 40-year-old movie. But uh, I, isn't it Jason's mum? I, yeah, I one? think it's Jason's mum because Jason's at the bottom of the lake is a thing. Like, she holds them responsible for the death of her child or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then we get the hockey mask in the second one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, that was the one with, like, no special rules for the uh, uh, for the killer or the location. Ah. Uh, so that would have been the most basic one. But there's not an equivalent of that in the box you've got so you had to sort of learn not as far as I'm aware the specific scenario plus the base games would have yeah. been one okay so I did kind of make it harder for myself and but but the the most recent Kickstarter was for season two yeah and I was like I like more of the films in season two yeah there's one that's kind of Silent Hill there's uh, one for The Thing one for Alien uh, I can't remember what the other two are off the. Oh, there's a, a fairy tale woods where you're yeah. um, the Red Riding Hood against the big bad wolf, and what's the, oh, there's the uh, the home invasion, like a cabin in the woods oh, with yes. um, like three killers that are chasing you around. Mm. And I just thought that all seemed like a, you your, know, your a fun vibe. combination. Yeah. yeah, like a fun combination. I love horror movies, and it's fun to try and get to play a few. Yeah. So my first playthrough, I as I said, was um, with Ellen. And I was having a very bad time. Like, I think I rolled 14 consecutive fails, mm. which is fairly typical of me and dice. Uh, on, on 2d6, that's kind of astronomically bad. Yeah. And so my first mission, it was going horribly. It was going really, really horribly. I managed to rescue a couple of people, which gave me some card advantage. Hmm. Event like eventually, I managed to finally sort of move a couple of people around the ship a bit. Uh, admittedly, by that point, I was running out of terror cards. I was running out of victims to to sort of help me. But I managed to get a couple off. And when you, as you rescue victims, uh, in that level, you've got to basically get them to the to an escape pod, 
and they'll just run off and you can put them on on your uh final girl card and get yeah. special things like lower the horror rating mm. uh, if the horror rating gets too high you get less dice to roll so ideally yeah. you want to try and use cards that and then and then roll successfully to get that horror rating down so eventually you can roll up to three dice which yeah. is awesome uh you also want to be doing things like searching uh so like the my final girl powers were, I think a couple were just like free movement. I had some that were, um, get like free search cards. So basically anything I could to power up. Um, one of the events that I turned over because, uh, so basically you have this terror deck that you build at the start. Usually it's 10 cards. In this game, it's eight. Right. Uh, they, some of those cards will come from the monster side of, the, or the killer side of things. Some will come from the location side, and then you shuffle them together, and they might be specific things like, the monster gets more powerful, or, mm. something terrible happens to the ship. And in this case, it, I got, uh, an event card, it told me to turn over another event card, turn over the event card, and it was like, oh, there's been a cast- catastrophic hull breach in the, uh, escape pod furthest away from your location. Okay. It's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And it said, like, so anything that was in there is lost. If any victims panic and run in there, then they are lost immediately. Yeah. If you go in there, you're lost immediately. If the killer runs in there, then you need to uh, basically remove all of their health and then check their, like, last gasp uh, token. Yeah, uh, I, t- I told you a little about the bit about this the other night. Yes, this is the you killer the the killer. You haven't necessarily killed them. You turn over a token, and there's a chance they might come back with a tiny sliver of health, yes. and you have to kill them. Anything again. between one and three health, they might end up with. And also, there's like some of the terror cards might have a minor dark power on them, which could mean getting more health, mm. and also like extra moves or extra like things that they do. Like becoming more, uh, more dangerous if they get more bloodlust. Every time they kill, you raise, the, raise their bloodlust meter. Mm-hmm. And that can mean they start moving faster or killing harder. And if they get right to the very top of their bloodlust track, they turn over this, like, epic final dark power, mm-hmm. which makes them super freaking strong and super freaking deadly. But anyway, so my first mission, I managed to, uh, as I said, I got the catastrophic hull breach thing. And then I did a, a search in a room, and the item I managed to pull out of the search deck was uh, a little beacon that I could spend a little bit of my time on, and I could put it anywhere up to three rooms away from me, and the killer on their turn will target that and move towards that rather than... Mm, I wonder if you put it in that very convenient airlock over yep. there. I popped them out the airlock. It. I must admit that that win, while... Almost good. Also felt kind of cheesy. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, I was like, you know what? I enjoyed it enough that I'm going to give it another go. I mean, you were you were against the ropes, um, very much under threat. There seemed like no good way out for you to win. And then uh, you managed to pull out of your back pocket a plan that managed to just about keep you alive. That feels very Final Girl in a horror film yeah. to me. Yeah. And I like th- thematically that if you throw the air- alien out of the airlock or out of a hull breach, when you turn over their final token, the, the narrative reason ex- or the narrative explanation for that is that uh, they held onto the ship and managed to crawl their way back in. <laughs> Which uh. is good! Uh, but yeah, it, it was that, that first game felt a bit cheesy, but 
and took like three hours to play through, considering this game is supposed to be like 30 minutes to an hour. Mm. So, I mean, it was my first game. It was it was fair enough. Second game, I played through as Jeanette, had a much better time. I managed to get the horror down to one almost immediately. Managed to have three dice for 99% of the, of the entire game. And I managed to kill the alien before it got to adulthood. Because one of the whole effects with that alien is that if they reach their final evolution stage, they regenerate all of their health back to full. Oh no. So I was like, I have to kill it. At one point, like, I thought I'd killed it. I was like, yep, I did it. I did the thing. And then I was like, oh yeah, I've got to flip the token over. And I flipped the token over and it had three, which is the most it could possibly have for more health. At which point it ate a victim and immediately fucked off, like disappeared off the board. Oopsie. At which point you can't attack it, you have to just start going around scanning for it. At which point it will either not appear anywhere on the map, um, and you'll sort of have ticked off certain rooms, or you will summon it into the same room as you, so you need to be ready to fight it. Yay! Yay! But um, yeah, it's it's a fun game of like resource management, with time being your most important resource. Mm. Uh, you're using some of your time at the end of a turn to buy cards, so you're basically going, okay, I'm going to wrap this turn up now, I've got four time left, I can buy up to four value worth of cards. Ah, uh, so you could either do more things in a turn, or get more resources to have a better turn next turn. Exactly. But you have a maximum of ten cards in your hand. And there are six cards that are zero value, so it's worth sort of cycling at least half of them every turn. Yeah. So that you're not running out of them, potentially. And not also, like, not buying both of certain cards that have, like, at least two of. Yeah. Otherwise, you could be in serious trouble. But, uh, yeah, it. I really enjoyed it. I've had a lot of fun with it. And I've won with both games I've played so far. The second time, I absolutely crushed it. Felt good about that one. It's like, yeah, I genuinely won this one. Yay! And one of the mechanics I quite like is once you've defeated a killer with each of the main final girls from the franchise boxes, mm. you get a little red envelope, and inside that envelope is a unique thing. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played it, but it is a unique item that you can shuffle into uh, the deck at the start of the game. Uh, potentially, you can choose to have it like in the mix, but only you can only use it if you have that final girl. Yeah. So it's like, Ellen's got a particular thing, and Jeanette's got a particular thing, and I guess as we go through the rest of the box... A little new, new game plus thing little, little new to secret encourage things. you to play around with all the characters. And, and also there's the lore book that came in the uh, bonus features box, mm. and that contains, like, play the uh, killer in each of the um, locations from one season box. So it turns into like a little mini campaign or a, a five movie franchise for Yay. that particular killer. And yeah, I am I'm looking forward to playing more of this. Next thing I'm gonna try is the the one that's based on the thing, which is Ooh. looks pretty dangerous because you can get you can suffer from exposure and, and die in the cold. That's not as well time. as getting eaten by a horrible, <laughs> weird melty bubblegum monster. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you played? Played a bit of the um, Vampire Survivors DLC because that finally came to mobile, and that was as good an excuse as any for me to play through that again. You were like 89p, hell yeah, yeah. The, 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 hey, if you've not played Vampire Survivors and like, the the price on Steam is oh too steep for you, 
Free to play on mobile with the DLC as 89p. Oof. Or at least that was its launch price. It's 99p regularly. I don't know if it's up to that now. But, oh my. Um, yeah. The, the, the DLC runs continues to run really well on mobile. I'm consistently impressed at how well the mobile port is optimized. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the... That DLC is real neat. It it doesn't add like a huge amount, but it adds enough to be like, hey, here's a solid afternoon of new stuff to find and unlock and explore and to feel like you've got new stuff to do with. Um I used it as an excuse to um uh play around on the, the Iron Odin, which is uh one of those one of the various handheldy retro uh emulatory machines. Uh, but this one can boot into into Android, and I was like, you know what? Let's let's see how it runs on this. Uh, didn't have to configure the controller. Uh, it recognized the controller built into the the Odin straight away, which was hmm. neat. So I could I could just play very well running Vampire Survivors on 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 that, and that Sweet. worked well because that's not uh, super powerful, is it? Nah, it's it's uh, it's apparently powerful enough to to do that real nice. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm impressed that you managed to. Not cack itself at uh, later yeah. le- later points of the it, level. It had no problem doing all of the DLC j- just fine. It feels weird how well optimized Vampire Survivors is for mobile. Sometimes it feels like it runs better on mobile than it does on PC. Hon- honestly, like now that they've reached the point where like the DLC is on mobile, the mobile version is the better version. It's the version I want to be playing more. It's it just runs better. It's a great game. Yeah. It's, it's a great port of a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? You played anything else this week? Nope, that's it for me. Uh, let me have a quick scroll. I don't think I've played anything else, really. Just um, all of the poking mans. Yeah, it's just been a bunch of Pokemon stuff. Uh, well then, time for this. Ah, Wallace, Wallace, I must say, must congratulate you on the success of the cup and ball. Never, oh, thank you. Never thought I'd see the like of it. Oh, I know, I absolutely. We've captured the minds of the, of the youth with our innovative gameplay. I hear even the queen's playing it. Oh, absolutely everyone can't get enough of this, the, the new gaming hotness. Indeed, indeed. So what is next for you, Waxter? What is next for you? Do you have any plans for... What next? Well, two know, cups, two balls. Well, see, this is the thing: is I don't want to push the boat out too much because we know a th- we know that this sells and there's demand for cup and ball. So, like, right, I don't right, want right. to make something entirely new. Like cup and ball two, yeah, yeah, as you suggest, uh, twice as many cups and balls, maybe. Right, right, uh, right, right. Cup and ball two: the ball is larger and the hold is smaller. I suppose that would do it. Cup and ball two. It comes with a blindfold. You've got to do it blindfolded oh, now. Yeah. You really have to get a feel for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, um, cup and ball. Cup and ball to uh, this. This time it's on fire, so it's, it's ah, quite hard uh, to hold. Mm, and that's an yeah, extra quicker. Challenge. You've got to move, move quick. Indeed. Yeah. Um, so I suppose some sort of chain rather than the, the, the string. Clicking yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. What have you considered? Something I heard recently that was being uh, added to the uh, the hoop with a stick. Uh, have you considered uh, adding uh, a rich law to uh, Cup oh, and Ball? Oh, oh, of course, of course. C- uh, Cup and Ball 2 is going to have a, a deep, deep backstory. Deep backstory. Um, oh, God, and yeah. the, the, uh, the, the, the cup was from a, from a uh, impoverished family and oh, sort of never, oh, never, never known, uh, never known success until... Uh, Bootstraps, eh? 
Indeed. Well, yeah, it, it, the, pairing the, up with this sort of uh, very adventurous uh, uh, ball, the, ah, the two yeah, of them well, sort of well, came quite, together yeah. and, and uh, through their combined power ah, were yeah. able to sort of take on the, the forces of darkness. Oh, I, I see, I see. I Something see. like that. Yeah, well, well I think I, I think you're on an absolute winner there. I, I look forward to Cup and Ball 2 with its deep, rich uh, story there. Uh, mm, mm. Indubitably. Yeah. Right, 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 everyone, right. Uh, the time to call forth this meeting. We've got a serious image problem, and I need, uh, I need all of our smartest minds working on this. We don't have to wear makeup, you know. That's, that's all part of the patriarchy, and that's exactly what they want, and I won't have it, and we, I think we're going the wrong way about this. Yeah, well, well, one problem at a time, one problem at a time. So the image... You're the one that brought up image room now. Okay, well, the, the, the problem we've got right now is... There are some people out there suggesting that we yes. might be aligned with Nazis. No, well, I, I, I can't see why they would possibly no, say that no. about us. I, 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 they're alleging that that our our definitely, definitely left wing movement, yes, very much, frequently so. buddies up with the uh, the alt right and. The, uh, well, they're Christian all right. They're not. They're not the not the right right. And, the, the, and Christian extremists. Well, indeed. Well, I, they call them extremists. Well, well, they're just extremely Christian. Well, I mean, there yes. were those. There were those literal actual Nazis that turned up at our. Um, well, well, day. I mean, they, they, uh, well, they did the, the, the hand thing and they would maybe, there may be a few of the, the big flag with the, with the symbol and, 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 yes. and some of them are people who are known to be literal Nazis, but, 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 but we only hung out with them for their anti-trans views, not well, for indeed. the, not for the bad Nazi views exactly. they have, just, just the good, the good exactly. anti-trans Nazi views. So everyone's so overly soft. You can't, you can't ally yourself with a Nazi for the right reasons anymore without being called a Nazi yourself. Well, I and thought we joined with them for the right reasons. Yes, but oh. apparently there are, well, there are people out there who think there's no good reason to ally with a Nazi, and I just don't know how we can convince them that sometimes you just have to work with the Nazi because trans is a really bad. Well, actually. I mean, well, I mean, I think we know who the real problem is, and it's definitely the transes. It's definitely the transes. Well, well, you know, someone who definitely didn't ever say anything bad about trans people definitely agreed with me on 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 the Twitter. They they liked my post and retweeted it. But uh, I assure you, they've never done anything bad or said anything horrible about anyone of. of you know, we just have concerns, legitimate concerns. Just legitimate concerns. Legitimate concerns. Anyway, I must go. Yes? Yes, I'm meeting the Proud Boys for afternoon tea. Oh, I love how proud they are. They're so proud. So, huh, what have you put in your eyes? Uh, I've been watching a bunch of YouTube stuff this week. YouTube? I'm probably going to start with uh, a thing that I alluded to in the plate section, uh, which is a video called I Bought Every Nintendo Wii U and 3DS Game Before the Nintendo eShop Closes. Wasn't it like $23,000 I saw? Yeah. That's one given number. So this was um, on the uh, The Completionist YouTube channel. Uh, and this is a thing that he started like a year ago, this project. Right. Um, basically, once like the final date for these platforms was announced, he was like... I want to have a 3DS and a Wii U that have access to every downloadable thing that is possible on those platforms. Oh, wow. Be it so, every, like all of the WiiWare stuff? Uh, every game, every piece of WiiWare, DSiWare. Wow. Um, 
every piece of DLC for every game that has DLC. Surely you had to buy, like, extra consoles for this. So, uh, so th- there's a whole, whole, whole bunch of, of stuff that goes into this. So, um, it's... every Everything for the 3DS is only something like 350 gigabytes. Okay. Um, which, like, you is enough that you can technically have the entire 3DS library on a suitably big... Um, micro SD card. Right. Um, for the Wii U, it's about two terabytes, but you can have it all on one external drive, because uh, the Wii U does support USB uh, external okay. drives. Um, you wouldn't be able to move that external drive to a different Wii U, because it's sort of, like, t- t- tied yeah. to the console, but, um, yeah. So, it's a really interesting video that, like, at its core is a video about the importance of um, preservation. preservation and the issues that stand in the way of even someone who is willing to spend the money to ha- to preserve their own collection of titles. Yes. The things that stand in the way and make that an almost impossible task, even if dropping 23 grand isn't a, a barrier. Yeah. Uh, and sort of building up to, like, uh, the, the sort of end point of the video, I'll, a little bit of a spoiler, is that uh, he is basically like creating a charity fund to ha- uh, 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 a bunch of fundraising events to raise money for video game preservation groups mm. uh, as an ongoing forward thing, and using this as kind of a stunt to to get interest in that. Yeah. Um. So first problem, um, you can only at this point, um, either make large like credit card payments to my Nintendo vout a credit. Or buy like physical Nintendo point cards at this point to get credit onto the Wii U or 3DS. And he was like, I feel like buying physical point cards is less likely to get me like my my bank, uh, like my bank completely blocking me than I I paid 23,000 to Nintendo in a digital online transaction. Like, that's going to look more suspicious. But did you buy Nintendo? Yeah. So having to do a bunch of, like, going around to places and, like, physical limits on how many gift... How much money, monetary value in point cards shops will sell you. Um, Wait, what? Will they not sell you? A lot of places won't let you buy bulk amounts of gift cards because a really common common thing for scamming people is... Oh, oh! You've got to, you've got to pay the customer service person in Amazon gift cards or whatever, yeah, and old yeah. people fall for it. So most places won't let you buy like, uh, like I think Game GameStop was like two hundred dollars is the most we'll let you buy in one transaction. Um, and trying to get twenty three thousand in gift in in Nintendo gift cards is a hell of a thing to start. Yes, uh, they got about like ninety percent of the way there before they the first one of their group got their card. Uh, Locked for fraud. Okay. Um, so then there is the issue of putting those funds onto your My Nintendo account. Nintendo, first of all, you you're only allowed to hold a maximum of two hundred dollars of of My Nintendo account balance at once. Right. Uh, as an attempt of Nintendo trying to like stop kids from like emptying out their parents' bank accounts. Fair enough. Which is fair enough. We've but, heard that story too many times. Yeah. So f- next step is having to put credit on and every $200 start buying games that, like, he'd had to go through and find a list of every 3DS and every Wii U game, and then he's having to, like, every $200, to go, go back to the, the spreadsheet and go, okay, what's the next $200 worth of games to buy on the spreadsheet? 
Um, you can't be downloading more than ten games at a time as well. Oh so you... god, and that's throttled as well, isn't it? Yeah, so you've got to like you've got to you've got to keep track of which ones you've set downloading. Holy shit! Um, <laughs> but there, there's even more than that. Wait, and, there's more. Yeah. So beyond that, like two hundred max limit you can have in your wallet at any one time. There is a certain limit. I can't remember how much it is. At which point, like you've redeemed too many, uh, too many gift cards onto your my Nintendo account today. Nintendo will lock you out for 24 plus hours from putting more codes in. Holy shit. Okay. So, like, that's... At some point, they must have been, like, getting close to running out of time to do this. Yeah. No, no, no. That's a whole thing, is they only had a year to do this. And, like, so then you get into the stuff of certain, like, uh, certain games, particularly on the 3DS, you can't buy their DLC from the eShop. Like, on the Wii U, it's easy. You go to the, the shop page, and it's like, here's the game, and here's a place to buy the DLC. Right. On the 3DS, DLC is bought within games. You don't buy it from the 3DS eShop, you buy it from within the game itself. Okay. Some games on the 3DS won't let you buy DLC when you first boot up the game. You have to get a certain percentage like oh, distance Christ. into the game. Fire Emblem's apparently really bad for this, in that sometimes you're looking at, like, 20 plus hours of gameplay before you can per- are able to purchase the DLC. Wow. So suddenly they're having to go like, that's 20 hours of game I have to play, during which time I can't be downloading more 3DS games because you can't be downloading and playing at the same time. Ah. So that's 20 hours in which you can't be putting more codes in, downloading more games. Yeah. Um, all of the... Uh, oh, other, other issues you come across... Um, a limit of 300, um, uh, um, icons that can be on the console at any one time. Right. Uh, even if you have more space on the storage. Then you get into things like DSiWare can only be installed, uh, initially downloaded to internal console storage. You can't directly download it to the SD card. Yep. So you have to, those, like, you have to download, download, ooh, it's full, manually move them one by one to the storage because you can't mass do them. Yeah. Um, and eventually, he managed, and he he did it. Yeah. Um, oh, and some of the software just started vanishing. What? Uh, so when a year ago he he made the 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 spreadsheet of which games there were. Right. Um, there is some kind of fee associated, it seems, with like having your games stay up on the on the eShop. Right. And so some of the games had already vanished. Developers were seemingly like, you know, that whenever their year came up, and it's like, do you want to renew for another year? They it's were like, going, What's the well, point? The e- well, the eShop's going to be gone in three months, so why am I? Why, yeah. why would I redeem it? So he was getting to games and going, that game just doesn't exist anymore. Holy shit! And that's more to the po- like, all the oh, more yes. to the point of like the, the problem of yeah. preservation is, you know, a game can just not exist. Damn. Um. Yeah, it's like. I I know I've like basically summarized in brief everything at this point, but like go watch the video. It is it is a really good eye opening video about the importance of preservation and like the challenges involved in it and and the people doing the fight to try and preserve media. Uh, yeah. So yeah, go give that a watch. Um, yeah. What about you? What did you watch this week? Nothing nearly so interesting, I'm yeah. afraid. Well, should, I, should I rattle a few other things off? Because I've watched a couple of other things. Um, yeah, I've basically watched like one, one, two other things. So you, you go, you go. Uh, okay, so a couple of other things. Um, I watched This Bus Transforms Into a Train uh, I, by I, Tom Scott on YouTube. I sort of watched that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a little, little place in Japan that has a bus that turns into a train. And 
it largely exists as a tourist novelty as a as a as a thing because of changes in demographics in the area but i love that this thing exists it's very cool yeah i love how it functions i love that you have to be certified as both a bus driver and a train driver to to drive it that makes sense. and how it functionally works and i i love this weird novelty mode of transport it's wonderful uh, what else did I watch? I watched uh, Pokemon Noob attempts a hardcore Nuzlocke uh, by on the Alpha Rad YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who knows very well what they're doing with uh, Nuzlocking and Pokemon was like, "Hey, my friend who has not played a Pokemon game since like the original Game Boy, um, I'm gonna coach you through a Nuzlocke uh, where if your Pokemon faints, it's gone for good." Um, but uh, anytime we get into a battle, I will mute myself and you will have to use what you've learned and I will not step in to help you. And it was a really interesting insight into the kind of things that if you know Pokemon very well, you might forget aren't second nature to people. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting little video. Yeah, we sort of watched some of that together. I think I feel like you had been watching it already by the time I turned up, but yeah. yeah. Um, I, I watched the the end of it. I think over dinner. But, yes. Uh, yeah. What about you? What did you watch this week? Well, did did some did some traveling this week. Yeah. So I I got some more time to read a bit more of my uh, Transformers Shattered Glass comic book, which yeah. was nice to get back to. It's it is a very interesting concept of what if the I think it's the IDW run of of Transformers uh, Phase One had sort of instead of the Autobots being the good upstanding citizens, if instead it was the Decepticons who were basically the uh like this underclass and they got tired of being treated the way they were and there was an uprising, but the ultimate the Autobot autocrats just said no. And a bunch of like the sort of like high ranking uh Autobots just turned into absolute despots. So you've got, uh, like, Bumblebee, who, um, basically, I, I think, uh, Megatron k- kills him? Sort of? Ooh. Manages to rehouse, they manage to rehouse him in a new spark, so he becomes Goldbug. Mm. And he's just, like, this, uh, sort of dictator, dictator who runs Gold City, which is named after himself. What, what more could you ask for? <laughs> You've got Optimus Prime, who has this amazing purple and green colour scheme that I love. I, I mean, those are good colours. Those are great colours. Uh, but he's really manipulative and, and horrible and trying to... Basically trying to, like, take over from everyone else. You've got Ultra Magnus, who's gone horribly deadly. Um, <laughs> if you look... If you have ever seen the uh, Ultra Magnus uh, Shattered Glass toy... It's got this weird sort of skull face as an alternate head. It looks like it's like, it looks kind of like a skull wearing a crown. Ooh. Uh, it's properly messed up. And, yeah, um, like that. So the Decepticons ended up going to Earth. The Autobots followed them. The Decepticons tried to, uh, stop them basically farming all the, uh, rarefied energon from Earth, which was originally the Autobots job. And, and now, like, Basically, the the few uh, Decepticons that remain are living on the edges of society, constantly in in danger of just being horribly murdered by Autobots. And the this volume or, or volume one at, at the moment, these were originally released as 
special edition comic books that were sold as packing with the first season of Shattered Glass Toys. Oh, yeah. And so this season is mostly about uh, Megatron trying to, or, or basically being roped back into being the leader of the Decepticons. Because from his point of view, he failed. He didn't yeah. manage to save anyone. The Autobots won, and the few remaining Decepticons are scattered. Meanwhile, you've got Soundwave, who is constantly running a pirate radio station, trying to keep in touch with the remaining Decepticons, and you know, make sure that everyone stays alive and anyone who needs help can get it. And um, Starscream, who's like, I was an archaeologist and I was trying to get in touch with the Titans because Metroplex has basically been non-communicative for years mm. and has just existed kind of in city mode. Mm. And he's he and Jetfire had this whole plan of, we're going to try and talk to the Titans and, and recover them, manipulated by Optimus Prime. And, uh, and then obviously Jetfire turned, but in reverse to the way he does in... And, and the original uh, Transformers story, it's fascinating. Um, mm. But yeah, I am... Because you cannot get phase one of the IDW run at this point for like less... You can't even get part one of that for like less than 110 quid. Yeah. And I kind of wish I got it a few years ago and it was like, oh yeah, it's it's a huge volume, but it's a hardback and it's like 30 quid. But now it's out of print. Everyone's just going, yeah, you can get it for tons. And I know people are like, well, yeah, just get it, just just read it online. It's like, there's something about comic books that I have always preferred reading physical yeah. versions on. Maybe if I had a tablet, it would be different, but maybe, probably not, I'll be honest. It's, it's, the, the tactility is important. It's part of the thing. I don't know if it's the holding it or what, but like, I don't like reading them on screens and I don't like having to like zoom in on my phone and sort of pan around. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Maybe I'm just a fussy bent. But yeah. I'm. I'm enjoying uh, Transformers Shattered Glass Volume One so far, and I hope to get Volume Two because I've only got like two of the issues because those are the ones I got the figures for. Uh, what? What about? What about you? Oh, uh, that's that's about it uh, for stuff I've watched. Yeah. 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 Well, we did watch one other thing. We watched a thing together. What did we watch together? Uh, we watched People Make Games video. Oh, we did. Uh, called We Entered the World of Microsoft XL Esports and Got Our Asses Beat. <laughs> I did not expect to be as fascinated by it as I uh, I ultimately was. Same. It is a real interesting little deep dive into... Uh, competitive spreadsheets. Competitive spreadsheets. And I mean, look, it shouldn't surprise anyone that competitive spreadsheets is a thing, considering that... Uh, Football Manager is a video game yeah, that exists, yeah. which is just competitive spreadsheets. There's a lot of video games that are just competitive spreadsheets yeah, yeah, already. Essentially. We, it, this one is just like very unashamed of what it is. Yes, you have to build the spreadsheet yourself as opposed to being presented with a spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really fascinating from a point of view of like, just the concept that you can turn that into a competition of, like the, the, the challenge they set themselves was, you've got Two armies fighting, and you've got, like, archers who do this kind of damage, and infantry that do this kind of damage, and uh, cavalry that do this kind and of damage. And a defending army will take damage with these units first, and then if they're all defeated, then these units will take damage. Yes. And uh, calculating, like, this amount of damage, how many people did that kill, and how much health did the remaining units have. And, and moving into, like, future rounds, and then working that out as an array. 
And they spent a, like a, quite a lot of time just copying and pasting data from one thing to the other, but like then comparing that to someone who does this like as as an actual sport as a professional and them just going, "Oh yeah, I just you know read all the data from the original table and I managed to copy it over and, and populate itself and run it and and running all these versions." Like a, a couple of times they worked things out themselves rather than actually using the yeah. calculations which would get you a point, according to this. So there's none of that bullshit that from school of show you working. Yeah. No, I worked it out myself. Yeah, it, it, it was like pointed out that in one of the very, very like infamously difficult years where like barely any points were scored by anyone, guessed. like the two people who won got several of their points by making their best educated guess. Yeah, and the 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 two people that won got eight points out of a thousand and <laughs> nine points out of a thousand. It was a particularly rough year, that Apparently one. so, but it was... That was just a whole fascinating concept, and, like, I'm... I'm no Excel expert, but just... Just the idea of some of that stuff fascinates me. Yeah. But, you know, I already have enough frustration doing the small amounts of Excel I have to do for, for other reasons, without turning it into the most complex possible version of that. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was a really fascinating video, and, and if you want to know about Possibly the weirdest esport I've ever heard of. Then uh, maybe give it a try. It's a very recommendable video. Mm-hmm. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who, who's our new sponsor? Well, do you need external motivation to drive you? Uh, uh, yeah, sometimes that's really helpful. Try spitesource.lol.net. What is this? Tell me more. Spitesource.lol.net will connect you with a real human being who will tell you confidently there is no way that you can do the thing. Oh, fuck Fuck them. I can do whatever I want. They can't tell me what I can't do. Exactly. And now Spiked will fuel your success. <gasps> oh, I'm, I'm going to be so successful just to fucking prove them wrong. Fuck, th- fuck them. See? How dare they How tell me quickly I can't do it this. works. Proven results right here with this free sample. Ah. Oh, and that person was only theoretical. Oh, fuck Imagine them. if that person was real. Oh, if I'd like, picked up my phone and actually heard them tell me that, ah, oh, I'd, I'd be leaving the podcast early to go do whatever it is they don't think I can do. Exactly. So check out spitesource.lol.net and you too could be this motivated. Oh, I'm so motivated. Oh, I've just got a message. They don't think you could be that motivated. Oh, I could be so motivated. They can't stop me being motivated. Do they think they can stop me being motivated? Fuck them. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, I've been looking at ways we can try and squeeze some more uh, money out of things we've already made. Excellent. That is why I respect you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh... And I've been looking at, like, you know, the various projects we've got, and, uh, you know how we recently laid off all the people who worked on that, uh, biting critique of capitalism that somehow got through our, uh, approval process? Yeah. Well, I've been thinking, now that none of the original creatives is still on the team... Right. Why don't we puppet that corpse into a mockery of what it once was? Uh, sequel. No, no, that, well, at some point, but, like, this is, right. uh, you know, that's a lot of work. I, I've got a much, uh... A much less hard work containing idea. NFTs? 
I mean, of course we're going to work on that, of course, right, but right. this is going to help us make the NFTs, because this is going to help us get the, the the content that will become the NFTs. Right, right. What, what if we make a silly little meme mode where you can, like, collage your favorite characters in silly, wacky positions? Right, right. So you can be like, ah, oh, you know, a uh, drunk amnesiac cop who can't remember his past and is actually quite a depressing tale? What if he was slipping on a banana peel? Whoa. Right. Whoa. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, what if... Found your gun! <laughs> oh, what if these two characters who, like, you know, everyone kind of likes to ship, but were never canonically gay together right, in the right, thing? Right, What if we made it so you can make him kiss? Whoa! Whoa! Oh, like a, like a photo mode with, like, posing and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So you can right. be like, hey, this character who explicitly, you know, thinks that capitalism is the root of all evil that calls the downfall of society. Yeah, they're all, can, like, sat there smoking a cigar lit with a hundred dollar bill wearing yeah. the like the meme pixel shades and uh, they're like relaxing on a throne made of hundred dollar yeah, bills with little air pictures bam, stickers bam, bam, bam. on the outside yeah, of the yeah, screen yeah, 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 exactly yeah. and I think this will give us the meme worthy content that we can then steal from the players and make into NFTs and I think this is a shortcut to success you are a fucking genius I know So, what have you put in your ears? Uh, I listened to a couple of new bits of music this week. Yeah. Uh, let me find what I listened to. I listened to uh, Motopop by Frank Iero and the Future Violence. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is Frank Iero, one of the members of My Comical Romance. Uh, one of his, one of his uh, so- solo projects he did. Mm-hmm. Um, the track is just very raw, shouty punk about... Not being able to go back, but also feeling unable to stay still, and that sort of restless feeling of I've, I've just got to face my fears and push forward. Yeah. Uh, in some just like raw, unfiltered punk sound, it's pretty good. Uh, what else did I listen to? I listened to "Cry for Judas" by the Mountain Goats. I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, it's just a bit of it's just a bit of folk rock about making decisions that you know are bad and that you know are going to have consequences, but sometimes you do them just to feel, you know, in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sort of embracing the fact that even if you choose not to, you have the option to choose to crash and burn on your own terms, and the fact that, like, you always have that option is kind of liberating. Yeah. That sort of, like, I I could I could just go self, self-combust over there, and I, I can make that choice at any time. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, but I could. Yeah. Uh, the other one I listened to was a silly little track called Kaiba by a band called Bellwether. Mm, I wonder what is this about? It's a it's a kind of cheesy rock parody about Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh's emotional state in the anime, um, but with a bunch of like kind of shoehorned in pun references to modern Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Excellent. It's cheesy. It's silly. It's not anything like intellectually interesting. But it was vaguely amusing, and it was enough that I was like, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd listen to this again. That's what we need. Yeah. What about you? What have what you about listened me? to this week? Well, I... We we went to a techno. Rave, we did. So we listened to, like, six hours of techno, five, six I, hours I of I could not tell you what any of it we listened to was. No. No, no. I didn't recognise a single track. Um, but... And, and you were very sleepy... Because you had I, flown across the entire country. In in 36 hours, I went from, like, kind of southern in the UK, all the way up to the Orkney Islands, all the way back down to Brighton, and then gone to a rave. Yeah. 
I was very sleepy. You were a sleepy little being. Yeah. But yeah, we, we danced to a lot of techno and um I sat and bopped to a lot of techno. You did, bless you. Um yeah, it was it was a lovely night with some lovely people. But uh yeah, couldn't tell you the names of, <laughs> of a single track. Sorry about that. It's techno, it, it was a lot of uh yeah, it was it was a nice time. Also, uh, today I listened to about an hour of uh, Old Grey Guitarist on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, is just a guy who does guitar solos from classic rock and metal songs. Yeah. Um, I They just turned up in my For You page like a month ago, I think. Mm. Um, doing a uh, just amazing wailing guitar solo version of... Um, Crazy? Is it CeeLo Green? Oh, yeah, yeah. And just, it's, it was beautiful and I loved it. And, um, I share, I think I shared it on one of my socials. So today it came back to me as like, hey, someone watch the video you share. It's like, oh, yeah. So I <sighs> spent an afternoon just listening to classic, um, rock solos. Uh, and it's, you know, a nice way of listening to good classic rock without going, oh, that band's horrible, that band's horrible, that band's horrible. <laughs> oh, they did awful things. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. And I haven't heard anything bad about this person yet, but, you know, for the now, for now I have a way of listening to, 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 to those. Yeah. Um, quite like the, uh, California, uh, Hotel California solos one and two. They're very good. Um, but yeah, I've certainly listened to that crazy, um, Remix like or, or riff probably for about half an hour on repeat. It's just really good. Uh, have you listened to anything else? No, that's about it for me. There's, there's one other thing I've started listening to. Yeah. So as you know, I'm learning German. Have been for about 141 days now, according to the the, I did the do, owl. You know, roughly. According to the owl, I've been learning. I trust the owl to keep an accurate count. Yeah, fair about. So I was I was sitting there thinking like, what is a, a thing I can do that I can listen to? When I'm sort of moving around and, and getting on with stuff, what can I listen to that I I I can sort of maybe pick up something? So it'd have to be something I know already. So I found Das Hobbit. Das Hobbit. Das Hobbit is available as an unabridged ten-hour audiobook on YouTube. Um, and what's, it's what's Das Das Hobbit. Das Hobbit. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. Occasionally I'll be like, oh yeah, I know what's happening. I know what's happening. Oh, I know what's happening. I there's it. a character name. Sort of, yeah. There's a like. I know. What, I already knew what dragon was because I had. I, <laughs> I weirdly, I had to look it up for the Final Fantasy. Um, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen stuff. I I edit for Skyen. Go check those out. They've. It's been very funny and and very silly recently. And also, he does good analysis of character design and stuff. Um. So yeah. Uh, I I started listening to the Hobbit in German. Or Das Hobbit, but, uh, yes. Have you listened to anything else? Yeah, that's about it for me. Well then, don't do this. So you, uh, heard about what the, uh, transes have done? What are, what are they done? There's a whole community. Whole community, right? Right, right. They have no gender. Right. All the gender, gone. Been siphoned off by these transes. Oh, well, no, I don't like that. Right. There are people suffering and dying because there is a lack of gender in their whole state. And all because the trans has siphoned it all off and big vans bottled it up and sold it back to people. 
Oh, that's that's real evil, that. And and you hear about what happens uh, down in South America. Oh yeah, tell me, tell me. Uh, no, I don't mean the the South. I mean no, no, South no, America. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, the the continent, right? Well, they have their own private military, right? The the whole trans military, right? Yeah, and yeah. you know they they down in South America, there are families, whole families, kids, yeah. grandparents, whole families being you know. Forced, forced, I say, and and paid less than ten cents a day to harvest gender for the transes. Oh, that's evil! That's evil, right? Man. Yeah, and, and and if anyone tries to stop them, or if they try and unionize, well, soon enough they'll find themselves on the receiving end of this this trans military operation to stop the whole thing. That's proper evil. Say, so if you boys uh, maybe uh, confuse the transes with uh, that uh, that that Nestle company. Well, I did think it was kind of strange when I heard about the uh, the transes, uh, you know, the the they were farming all that gender to make Kit Kats, but uh, wouldn't put nothing past. I them. wouldn't put nothing past them, you know. You, I mean, that's that's well, we gotta be ready, ready for the transes, cause they might be. Have you tried the animal condiments? The animal condiments are great. Yeah! Have you tried the animal condiments? The animal condiments, yay! Yeah! Have you tried the animal condiments? Check them out today. Have you tried the animal condiments? Hey, even the mayo nays. Sometimes I just need to scream at a skit. <laughs> and that is a good response. I love you. <laughs> Sometimes a skit just makes me want to cry just like a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what I want to see more of? You want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. Alright, Larry. What, How are you doing? Oh, you know, uh, oh, I'll be honest, yeah, that, that sort of general sound of... Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you all right? Uh, yeah, just been uh, been watching a lot of uh, annoying civility discourse going on. Oh, uh, yeah, respectability politics, is it? Yeah, very specifically been seeing a lot of um, lot of cis people telling trans people uh. Uh, like, oh no, no, I I know exactly the one reason that you aren't uh, winning the culture war for trans oh, rights, right. and it's definitely. This one avenue of respectability politics, I've decided, is why you're losing. Oh, have they picked on this? Are, are we are we to uh, you know get rid of an entire segment of our community, or well, to, to leave a whole bunch of I people mean, behind? The, or the main one is just the way we dress. I mean, the main ones I've been seeing recently have been uh, you you should uh, stop having nuance in your discussions. You should oh. uh, you should sort of boil all of your side of the debate down to like a very simple, easy bullet point rather than you know uh working through the nuances to make sure that sort of everyone is supported and covered by uh you know anything you're not leaving anyone behind no 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 just simplify it down to like whatever's easiest respectability wise all oh, right so what about uh like uh leave us the fuck alone you bastards well i see that's being rude though isn't it oh you got you've got to you've got to be leave quiet us alone like- the end yeah, but even then, that's that's you know, leave us alone is like telling people what to do, and you right. know, it's you've got to, you've you've just got to quietly exist, and like you know, society will just magically decide that you are good if you just like stop oh. fighting. Oh right, yeah, a lot yeah. of that sort of shit. Just a lot of like, hmm. yeah, there's been a lot of that. A lot of the um, 
Oh, you, you shouldn't try and uh, you shouldn't try and take a stand to like you. You shouldn't be angry at cis. This is what I've been seeing a lot of. Right. You shouldn't be angry at cis people who are not making the effort to uh, protect you in your fight for rights. No, because. What if you being like, hey, it's pissing me off that you don't care that I'm being genocided. What if they hear that and go, well, now I'm not going to care about your rights now because you you were kind of mean about the fact that I haven't been caring about your rights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That seems like entirely the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, It's just a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people who've not had to do this kind of a fight for rights being like the prime target of uh, Societal hate going. Oh no no! I I know we'll fix this. I know it's it's the energy of like a dad who's like I, I don't actually know how to fix this thing, but like I'm sure if I take it open, I can fix it. I know what I'm doing probably. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm reminded of a, a TikTok I saw the other day where someone was talking about how you know a lot of uh, of babby trans women particularly you know have spent their lives uh, living uh, in a uh, you know cis male passing uh position mm. for, for for a long time and all of a sudden that they do find that they are part of a minority you know part of an oppressed class and uh especially you know especially right now yeah to uh to to, to find that well actually thing things aren't sunshine and roses and, and generally good and, and people aren't necessarily going to listen to you or respect you or you know want the best for you or, or just leave you the fuck alone as you're walking down the street yeah and uh you know well hopefully that hopefully that hopefully there is another way that we can encourage people to care about others without yeah. them having to experience it themselves but yeah. uh, it does seem to be like a, a real problem at the, at the moment getting people to care about something that they aren't themselves yeah yeah well it's, it's like trying to get people to care about things like accessibility it's real hard sometimes yeah. to get people to care you know outside of their own immediate needs yeah although i have heard that you know someone was doing a video about you know what it's like to uh, to suddenly become disabled through uh, well yeah. something something as uh, common at the moment as the uh, as, as the you know the recent uh, COVID plague that we've had. Yeah, uh, the ongoing, yeah. I should say. Yeah. <sighs> Fancy hug, mate. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good hug, mate. Good hug. Right, I think I'll pop the kettle on. Sounds like a plane. No, no. So, uh, you do things. Me? Things that you do. You do some of them. Some of the things you've done. I've on occasion been known to do things. Yeah. Yeah, Don't let it be alleged that I've never done anything. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from being Laura K. Buzz everywhere, including Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, and. The Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. And <laughs> I guess I, 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 I'll, I'll just leave the outro to you. You sort of know what you're doing. Um, yeah, there you go, you've done it. And you've, you've, you've written uh, me and my dysphoria monster and and, 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 and the gender euphoria and uncomfortable labels and things I learned from Maria's butt. And uh, Who Wants the Whale, which is a book we wrote together. Tell us a bit more about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you're you're the one doing the outro today. You're still, no, 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 you know, no, no. Just because you stole your mine, <laughs> just because you stole mine, doesn't mean you get to hand me your half. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, fine. I well, okay. Uh, Look, I'll do the who hunts the whale bit. 
What's the whale? It's it's a book. It's a novel. We wrote it together. It's a satirical look at the AAA video game industry. Uh, a year in the life of someone working at a, a terrible capitalist big AAA video game studio, but also it's funny and sweet, and it's got some lovely characters. And you can enjoy an interview with us about that with 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 the lovely Jesse Earl. Yeah, Jesse Gender on on the YouTube on Jesse After yeah. channel. I'm so happy with that interview. It's a very lovely so, interview. It's so lovely. Um, you can find Jane at uh, linkter.ee, linktree, slash Janiac. Uh, is that correct? It is slash Janiac. Oh. Uh, I was like... J-A-N-E-I-A-C? Yeah. See, I was confident, but the second that I'm like, oh, no, no, you nailed all my stuff. Now if I mess up, I will look like the fool. <laughs> no. Um, it's all right. Yeah. Well, I'll edit it if it Link- happens. Linkter.ee slash J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Yeah. Because uh, cause you couldn't get the unified branding no. And also Patreon uh, Patreon.com Slash Janiac as well No, no. Because uh, I couldn't get the branding No, it's Stone Buggy Radio, Radio. <laughs> it's Stone Buggy. Sorry, I'm panicking now For as little Stone as a dollar a month Yeah, you you could try and help get up to Was it 30 patrons? 30 patrons it was your, your one you're aiming for yeah. That would be great yeah. uh, As little as a dollar a month really helps There we go, I did your bit Yeah, that's my bit That's my bit um, See, the, prob- I, I, the problem here is I have ADHD So as soon as I've said my bit My brain's just like Nothing's going in I make music, I design t-shirts And, and you can help me justify a 76 hour work week um, we, and, and just, you know, just all the other bad choices I make about things. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, me, will I sing us out? Well, just kidding. Uh, or will you sing us out? <laughs> Until next time, be a stranger. Yay! <laughs> the ultra operations is wrong. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> the muscle memory cannot help me here. <laughs>